Well, hello, welcome to our Wednesday evening service. Uh, my name is Brandy, and I'm going to be um, continuing the series that we've been doing on miracles, Why Not Today? I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach on it. I'm going to talk a little bit about a few miracles that we don't always think of um, in the Bible. So when we hear the word miracle, sometimes we think of certain specific miracles, but I'm going to bring out a couple of different ones um, that hopefully when I bring them out that um, you haven't thought of that one or you didn't think of it in that way. So I'm going to, and then I'm going to finish with the greatest miracle of all. So I'm going to go ahead and pray and then we're going to get started. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for uh, this evening, we thank you, Father, that the, uh, your word goes forth with power and authority. We pray, Father, for those uh, that, that there's just revelation knowledge of your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you just use me as your vessel, Father. Speak through me, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. So the first miracle that I want to talk about tonight is one that um, I, I absolutely love, and this is the one where Elijah is being surrounded by an army. And this is where God literally opens his servant's eyes to show him the spiritual realm. Oh, how I wish we could see the spiritual realm so many times um, in life. But we see through our human eyes a lot of times. And so in this, um, in this passage, uh, this is where Elijah's servant is saying, hey, Elijah, they're, they're surrounding us. This army is coming after us. What are we going to do, basically? And I think so many times when we're believing for miracles or we're even speaking about miracles that we need to not see through our, our human eyes, but to see through spiritual eyes. We need to believe that the word of God is greater, that, that Jesus Christ himself is power, he is authority, and that he's the miracle working God. We need to see that through spiritual eyes and not human eyes. So let's go to uh, 2 Kings 6, and this is 15 through 17. Uh, this is the NIV. So it says, when the servant of uh, the man of God got up and went early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded them in the city. Oh no, what shall we do? Said the servant. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are not. And Elijah prayed, open the eyes, Lord, so that he can see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills were filled with horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. I love that. I love that God opened his eyes so we, that he could see of all that's for us. So many times in life we look and think that everyone's against us or maybe our co-workers are against us or our family's against us and if we could just see through spiritual eyes and see there are more for us than against us. If we could just see those angels that are encamped around us every day around our children around our family. How precious would that be? You know not everyone is against you. God is for you. And he showed Elijah's servant, there's more for you than against you. And I love that. You know, witnessing a miracle is quite amazing, isn't it? Signs and wonders. I would love to see signs and wonders all the time. Now, I will say this. If we saw signs and wonders all the time, they wouldn't they would just become part of life. It wouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, this amazing thing. You know, but Think about it. If you witness somebody 
who's sitting in a wheelchair get up and walk, if you witness a blind man being able to see, if you witness somebody who maybe has an, you know, an arm that's not working or a leg or maybe they've been amputated or whatever and, it's re and you're restored, that's an amazing miracle and you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. Miracles are amazing. But I want to talk a little bit as to why do we seem like we don't always see those miracles? Why are we not seeing those miracles all the time? And I believe one of the reasons that we don't always see those miracles is that when we come to church, we just come to church. We come to church. Okay, Sunday morning, what do we do? Oh, we're supposed to go to church. We don't come to church expecting God to do something great in our life. We don't come to church expecting God for a miracle. We don't come to church expecting that we're going to receive what we've been believing for. His word just went forth. It has power and authority to set people free. Now, I'm not saying that God can't do that, but I really believe we need to come expecting him to do those things. Are we expecting that the person beside us is going to be healed? Are we expecting that that person that was wheeled in in a wheelchair is going to walk. Are we? Are we just coming to do our duty? Are we just coming, boy, it's been a hard week. I am tired. So I better get to church. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Or are we believing that the word is power, that the word is a two-edged sword? Are we believing this? Are we coming expecting this? Do we believe that the word can break down prison walls in people's lives, can set captives free, can free people from addictions? Are we believing that the brokenhearted are going to be healed? Jesus Christ came in the flesh and he came as the living word of God. He is all powerful. When we read the word of God, are we believing that we are going to receive that miracle? Are we just sitting here in service listening and not applying it? Are we hearing the word? Are we listening even tonight and saying, God, I've been walking through this thing for a long time. The word is power. The word is truth. And I'm believing that I'm going to be set free. I'm believing this miracle is going to take place in my life. I'm believing that you're going to give me favor or direction, whatever that is. The word of God is packed with life-changing power. But do we believe that? Do we believe that it is life-changing power? I believe that the word has such power that it sets people free. I believe that mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, I believe that people can be set free. But are we believing that? Are we trusting in that? Are we believing that when the word is preached here on a Sunday morning that miracles are available to us? Are we believing that? Are we believing for people to be saved or be healed? Are we believing that? You know, I believe that when people pray the prayer of faith, I believe there's power in that and that they will be healed. I believe that they'll be restored. Maybe from they've had things, terrible things happen in their life. I believe they're going to be restored a hundredfold. I believe that people will be set free from addictions. Maybe they walked in here and they said, God, I've been going through this for 20 years and I, I, I need a release. I need to be set free. Jesus Christ is freedom. He heals. He restores. He frees people from addictions, from pains from their past. And he gives you peace. 
But are we believing that when we come in here and we have all this anxiety and all these stresses and all these things that, that, that we're kind of coming in here and dragging in here, are we believing that they're going to fall off? Are we believing that we're going to go home and feel better because we believe that the word is alive and the word has a power? Are we expecting for that? Are we believing in that power? Are we just reading the word like we read any other book? Are we just reading it like we just read something else and saying, well, that's all well and good, but I've been believing this for 20 years and it's never taken place. Is that how we're thinking? Are we believing that the word is power? It is authority to break bondages in people's life, to give them mental healing, to give them financial healing, to restore them. Have supernatural doors be open to them. Fears fleeing from them in Jesus' name. Pains leaving their body. Health coming upon them. We serve a mighty, powerful God who loves us, who wants to see the best for us. But are we believing for that? Are we believing how powerful that word is? Are we just sitting here? I believe that supernatural things can take place in people's life when we believe in that word, when we come expecting those things to take place? Are we just sitting here hoping for that? You know, that brings up a good scripture in the Bible, and, and I love this one, but this is about the man who was laid by, um, by the water and the lake, or by the lake, and where um, he was laid there, I think it was 38 years he had been laying there, and he was saying that he's, no one ever puts him into the water. And when the angel comes down and stirs up the water, no one ever puts me in. I've been going through this forever, God. I'm just hoping for somebody to help me, but no one ever does. 38 years. But, you know, we say that, but how many times is that true for us? How many times have we went around the same mountain for 38 years? And we look at this guy and we think, this guy's pitiful. This is ridiculous. But we do the same thing. We've held on to that fear, for that shame, that hurt, whatever that is, all these years. And we're still walking around the same mountain. We're still laying by the lake, waiting for someone to put us in, right? Waiting for someone to stir, the angel stir us up and put us in. But instead, we just kind of think, well, never going to happen to us. We just sit here and feel badly for ourselves that we're never going to receive that. We see other people getting healed. We see other people being restored. We see other people set free. We see their prayers being answered. Why not ours? Why do we look at it that way? We do this very thing on a daily basis. We think that others get things that we don't, don't we? We believe that no one has ever went through this situation no one in the history of the world has had it as bad as we do or we, they don't understand, right? They say that all the time. I'm never going to get healed. I'm never going to get that promotion. I'm never going to be restored. I'm never going to have peace. And we think like this. And, you know, it's, it's just not right. And we look at this man and he's laying by there for 38 years and we look at him and think it sounds ridiculous. It's just like, you know, the Israelites going around the mountain, the same mountain, around and around, but are we coming and receiving the word and expecting that thing that has held on to be released in Jesus' name? Are we sitting there expecting that it's going to happen? Or are we sitting there thinking, I don't know, I got the short end of the stick. I don't know if I'm ever going to be healed. I guess I'm going to have this forever. 
Maybe God's working that situation out in your life and that you need to come in here believing that when his word is preached or when you read that word, that it's living and powerful. It's like sharper than any two-edged sword and you're going to receive that very thing that you've been believing for, expecting for, that you're going to receive that miracle today. Hallelujah. As you hear this word tonight, that the word just went forth and you're going to receive it. You're going to be set free. Stop thinking it's for somebody else and start believing it's for you. It's for you. The word's for you. God loves you. He's not going to do for one and not for another. He's going to do it for you. If you've been waiting for a mate for a long time, God's going to do it for you. And guess what? They're going to be the perfect mate for you. The absolute perfect mate for you. John 5, uh, 1 through 9, and this is the NLT. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was a pole of Bethsaida with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, lame, blind, paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a very long time. So he said to him, would you like to be healed? I love that. Would you like to be healed, church family? Do you want this? Hallelujah. Do you want to be healed? Jesus asked him the question, would you like to be healed? You know, I just had um, a couple of weeks ago, I had someone come up to me at the Welcome Center, and they told me about a situation that's going on in their life. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. So I just, I stopped and I prayed for that person and that situation. And the minute I said, in the name of Jesus, amen, they opened their eyes and they looked at me and they said, I don't think she'll ever change. I don't, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I don't know how. What was the sense of me even praying? Whenever I pray and I'm praying for this person, for this situation to turn around and change, if their mindset is it's never going to happen, I don't know. I mean, there was no sense of me even praying for that individual because they're not seeing it. They're not expecting it. They're not believing it. They didn't receive it, right? So Jesus says, would you like to be well? And this is what this guy says. I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets in ahead of me. Boo-hoo. That's so sad. But Jesus said to him, and I love Jesus, stand up and pick up your mat and walk. Hallelujah. Stand up and pick up your mat. And instantly that man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began to walk. Jesus is saying, stop feeling badly for your start and start believing. Believe in faith. Believe that the word is truth. Believe and you will receive. Believe and you will receive. Why did Jesus ask, why do you want to be well? Are you sitting here tonight believing and expecting? Or are you like this man who says the water gets stirred up and nothing ever happens? Are you believing for a miracle in your life? Are you believing? Let's go to, um, let's go to Luke 8. This is one of my favorite um, miracles in the Bible. This, this one has touched my life personally, but pastor brought this out on Sunday and I love it because there's something here I want to bring out a little bit differently. This is Luke 8, 45 through 48, the NLT. And it says, who touched me, Jesus? So this is the woman with the issue of blood. So this, this woman just went and touched him, okay? Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Mas Master, 
This whole crowd is pressing against you. But Jesus said to him, somebody deliberately touched me. See, this woman came deliberately looking for Jesus. She came expecting. As pastor said, she probably said, I've tried all these things and nothing happened. But she came and she deliberately touched him. For, and, and Jesus said, for I felt healing power go out of me. When that woman realized what could, um, that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fall to her knees in front of everyone. The whole crowd heard her explain why she touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. That woman said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. She came expecting. She came believing. She came deliberately to receive her healing. She had had enough of walking around that mountain for 12 years. She tried everything. But when Jesus Christ came on the scene, she received healing. And she, you know, she didn't just come and say, hey, let me give this one a shot. I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. She came deliberately looking for Jesus. And she came expecting him to do something, right? And, you know, we come in here on Sunday mornings and we, in this church, and all the churches around the, uh, the nation that are, Christ, that are Christian, not to mention the whole world. We see miracles every Sunday, and we don't even realize it. And you're saying, I never saw a miracle. I never saw a miracle. What are you talking about? See, God's word goes forth in these churches with power and authority. It changes people's lives. People get set free. Revelation knowledge comes to them. But do you believe when that word goes forth that there's power to set those people free or to heal those people or release the captives or the brokenhearted? Do you believe that the word has power? See, we're witnessing miracles every Sunday and we are not even aware of it. So many churches around the world are doing the same. When that word goes forth, Christians are seeing miracles. And how is that? Or are we coming in and we're operating in, I don't know, maybe I'll get something, maybe I won't. Maybe, I, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Are we expecting that to happen? Are we expecting miracles? You know, the word's going forth tonight, and are you expecting God to sit, set you free? Are you expecting God to change that situation, to restore you, to restore your family? Are you expecting God to give you peace tonight, or to bind up that fear, or change that situation at your job, or heal your family, or restore your family? The word is living and powerful. Are you believing tonight? Psalm 107:20. He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. His word went forth, healing went forth, truth went forth, uh, power went forth. You know, when we're sitting here at the end of service on Sunday and we hear Pastor Tom pray the salvation message at the end of service every week and we hear him say, I see that hand over there. I see that hand over there. I see that hand over there. We're witnessing a miracle right before our eyes. Did you, did you ever think of it that way? 
or we're, you know, just like Elijah, we're seeing into the spiritual realm. I mean, can you imagine? It says that the angels have a celebration in heaven when one hand goes up. That's just our church. How about all the churches in the county, in the state, in the nation, and in the world? They're, they're so, the angels just celebrate when that hand goes up, when that person says, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. We're witnessing miracles each and every Sunday. But do we even come in here on Sunday morning expecting somebody to come to know the Lord? Do we come in here and expect those hands to go, come up? Are we thanking him when we hear that saying, I see that hand over there. Church, we're, we saw, we're literally seeing a miracle where that person is being pulled out of the pit of hell and is now on their way to heaven. That's an unbelievable miracle. And we're seeing it each and every week. But the problem is, is we constantly look back and say, well, I did this before I got saved and I did that. And we wallow in all that stuff. You are a new creation, hallelujah. Second Corinthians 5.17, and this is the new King James. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is living in you. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You're now went from death to life. That person was just pulled out of hell and now they're going to heaven. They are now going to receive, uh, live the abundant life, the greatest miracle ever, the greatest miracle ever. You know, one of the, uh, another miracle in the Bible that, we read about is when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. And I mean, I would love, I hope we can see some of these things someday because I would love to be able to see how that water was literally standing up and that they're running across dry ground. And you know, it wasn't like there was three people running across. I mean, these were, all these people were running across this Red Sea. And here's what I love. God opened the Red Sea and literally destroyed Israel's enemy behind him, didn't he? So they run through on the dry ground. All of a sudden, the water comes back over and takes out all of their enemy. The enemy's dead, right? That's an amazing, remarkable day. But it is not like the miracle that we witness here every Sunday when people's hands go up. It's th that miracle of, of the Red Sea was amazing. It was magnificent, was it not? It was a great miracle, but the miracle when we see people being saved is far beyond that. They've received a new heart. They've received salvation. They received a miracle. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, and the NIV. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. Now I'm going to read the same one in the NLT, Isaiah 43 again. But forget all of that. Forget the past. Forget what you used to do. Forget the things that you used to go through and, and forget all of that. Forget what you did, the mistake you made, the hurt you did to somebody. Forget that. Ask God to forgive you and move on. It says forget but forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I am already begun. Do you see it? Do you see it, church family? Do you see yourself healed? Do you see you 
dating somebody or getting married? Do you see yourself restored? Do you see those fears falling off of you? Do you see it? Do you see not feeling shame or, or just feeling rejected by others around you? Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see those bondages released in your life and then being wiped out? Do you see it? See, whenever um, God, God puts up a sign and says, you are free, you are washed clean. Um, your past is no longer seen. See, that's all wiped away. It said you are a new creation. Those things are not, you, you are new, okay? So you have to believe, okay, I might have smoked cigarettes before, I might have drank before, but you're a new creation. And believe it and receive it and and, and see it. Expect when you come in here. Maybe you have had alcohol issues for so many years and you've really tried a number of things and it's not worked. I'll tell you this, the word of God will set you free. Come in here expecting on, on Sunday when that word goes forth or sitting there tonight hearing the word that you are going to be set free. That even whatever it takes, that that's going to be gone from your body, that addiction that you have. Ephesians 3.12, NLT. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into his presence. He not only made a way out of our problems and our sin and for all eternal damnation, but he also made a way for newness of life. So he made a way for all of that stuff to be passed away and we now live in the newness of life. Once you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are living in newness of life. See, he's your way maker. He's your miracle worker. He is almighty God and he can do all things. He can set you free. Church, we need to come expecting him to do things in your life. And I believe you will receive that. I believe if you come in here and you're listening to the word tonight, whether maybe you're listening to the word um, two days from now because you didn't get to hear it Wednesday night, whatever it is, I believe when you're hearing it, there's power in that word. I believe you can be restored. I believe your family can be restored. I believe you can be set free from that addiction that has hung on for so long. I believe you can live without anxiety and stress and fears. I believe that that mate will appear. I believe that your children will be restored or saved or, or, or come back into the faith. I believe that the marriage that, that, that is falling apart can be restored. I believe the child can come home. I believe that your elderly parents who might be going through sicknesses or, or whatever right now, I believe they can live long, healthy lives. I believe you can turn it around. I just read a devotional on somebody whose who's, um, mother, I think it was, had lost her mind, and they started believing every day and praying specifically for her mind, and all of a sudden she started to recognize people in her family Believe it and you will receive it. Expect it and believe that your family is going to live long, healthy lives. Believe that you're going to get that financial restoration or, or that you're not going to live in lack. And maybe everybody else did, but you don't have to. Believe that God's your provider, that he's your provision and that the past is behind. You don't have to li live in that and expect God to work a miracle in your life. 
All right, church family, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you, I want, my heart is so much to see that you operating in the abundant life. I can't say it enough. I love to hear praise reports. I love to hear that when we pray, this happened, that happened, or this person came in here and, and this happened on Sunday morning when we prayed, or I sent in a prayer request, or I raised my hand with that prayer uh, written on there, and I received the answer. I was healed. I was restored. My child who's been astray for all these years came back in or watched something online and got saved. Who knows? But believe God and expect him to do great things in your life. Now, tonight we talked a lot about going from death to life. We talked about the greatest miracle of all. We talked about how when you pray the prayer of salvation, that you're literally pulled out of the pit of hell and that you're living an abundant life. So if you're somebody here who's watching tonight, maybe you just found this when you're swiping through Facebook or fumbled on it on YouTube, you're not even sure how you found it, or maybe you purposely are watching and you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life and you are living a bitter uh, a miserable life and you know there's more and maybe you have a lot of success in your life right now but you still are miserable I'm going to pray a prayer in a minute and you ask Jesus Christ into your life and you're going to see how great this life can be church family so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray you pray with me and then I'll give you a few ways that you can reach out even to the church so father in the name of Jesus I believe tonight that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and accepting me today into your kingdom. I thank you that you've forgiven me for all I've done and all my past that I might have hurt or cause pain or anything that I might have done I thank you that you've forgiven me and accepted me now into your kingdom and I thank you for that I thank you for eternal life I thank you that I'm on my way to heaven in Jesus name amen so there's a um, you can go to our website or there's an email there that you can send an email to the church we'd love to hear from you we'd love to pray for you we'd love to send you some information some packets of, of information but if you did that for the first time congratulations congratulations that you're on your way to heaven you just received the greatest miracle of all church that's awesome. I'm so excited for you guys. And before we close up, I want to pray here tonight. And I want to pray um, for anyone who's believing for a miracle. I want to pray for you. And I want to believe that God's going to do something great in your life. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I lift up each person, Father, who is listening tonight or is listening at some point. And I pray, Father, that whatever it is that's going on in their life, that, Lord, you would turn that situation around. I pray that they would come expecting you to do great things in their life. I thank you for financial blessings. I thank you for children being saved. I thank you for marriages being restored. 
I thank you, Father, for, for relational issues to be restored. I pray for jobs. I pray for coworkers. I pray for direction. I pray no matter what it is that, Father, you work a miracle in their life because you are the miracle-working God. And, Father, we thank you that as your word went forth, that it went forth and it breaks down prison walls, that it sets captives free, and we're believing for great things in people's lives, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Well, thank you so much, church family, for joining us this evening, and be blessed.